Hi, welcome back to this series of studies on John's Gospel. This is Moses Gumadi, and I greet you all in the name of Yeshua Mashiach, Jesus Christ. We looked at John chapter 1, verses 10 to 13 yesterday. Uh, today we'll look at verse 14 onwards. Let us read John chapter 1, verse 14. It says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have you all received grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man hath seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father. He hath declared him. So these are the verses uh, for the scope of our study today, verses 14 onwards until verse 18. So coming back to verse 14, and the word was made flesh. Remember, in our first lesson, we looked at the word as the expression of the concealed or the invisible God. Invisible God and his mind and his character, when it is revealed, the word is a revelation. Word is the expression of what is concealed within. But we see that this word progresses. Uh, in the previous verses we said, in him was life. So in the word, there is life. There is growth, there is movement, there is, uh, uh, you know, begetting. Uh, and all those aspects of life that we have looked at in the second lesson. Not only so, this world is also light. And this is the light that lightens every man that comes into the world. And so the word from a concealed position of God, it, when the word is expressed, and the word travels forward and it is even embedded in the psyche of a man deep within inside as the light that God has placed, as the conscience, as the spirit, uh, etc. We've looked at that as well in the previous lesson. But above all, this God who is revealed, Jesus Christ, the word of God. He himself, in order to show this truth, whatever we talked about, right? He himself manifests fully into the place where we have been sent, into this world. The word was made flesh. The expression of God, the intellect of God, the personality, the expressed personality of God, the image of God. We read in Hebrews chapter 1, who is the image of the invisible God. All these put together. He comes down in the form of a man, Christ Jesus, Yeshua Mashiach, Yeshua in the person of Yeshua. In the first century, he comes down into the flesh and dwelt among us. He is a unique person. Although we have mentioned that God's light is present in every man, men love darkness 
and therefore they are guilty. But there was no darkness in him, in Yeshua, in Jesus, there's no darkness. He is the fullness of God manifest in the flesh. The fullness of the Godhead dwelleth in him bodily, we read in Colossians. And John says, we beheld his glory. We beheld his glory. So, so the point is, the manifestation has been experienced. We beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. There we have it. Only begotten. Let us examine this phrase. When we say only begotten, uh, the Son, only begotten Son of the Father, that there is only one Son. That's it. No more. So remember, we, we read a couple of verses earlier, but as many as received him to them, gave he power to become the sons of God or the children of God. What about them? Elsewhere, he called all the humans as sins, the sons and daughters. We also become the sons of God or children of God. In what sense is he the only begotten? There are verses which say he is the firstborn among many brethren. True. But what sense is he the only begotten? Most Christians do understand this concept fairly well. But there is one thing that I think you must consider, which probably is not known uh, among most Christianity. The Jews would know it. Unfortunately, they don't accept the Lord Jesus Christ as the Messiah. Uh, and obviously they err in that as well. But they do know it. The only begotten of the Father. You see, when the concealed God reveals himself, when the fountain puts forth the, the, the fountain, uh, the, the river flows from the fountain, the water uh, flows from the fountain, when the source of life, source of light emits those rays. So these are different pictures. None of them are by any means fully complete. We're talking about one that is concealed and the other that is revealed or manifested in order that it could be expressed uh, among others. So this word, there is only one only begotten, meaning there is only one full expression of God. There is only one Son. So the word Son, when we say the Father, we have, we have referred to the Father as the concealed God, whom no man hath seen nor can see. Father is the concealed and the Son is the revealed and therefore the correspondence between the word and the son and so he is the only begotten because all of the fullness of god is it when when it is expressed as the word the totality of all the expression is the son and he is the only begotten son and that is all of course uh, the spirit is spread across all over and that is why the Spirit is called the Spirit of Christ. You see, there is only one Son. And therefore, what about our position? In what way are we his children? What way are we his offspring? There are also other sons of God. In the book of Genesis chapter 6, we read about the sons of God. Of course, they turned evil. Nevertheless, they are called the sons of God. We read about them in Job chapter 1 and Job chapter 2. We read about them in Psalm 82. So there are 
sons of God mentioned in the scriptures. What about them? So what about the plurality? All plurality is embedded within the singularity, the only begotten. I told you yesterday or maybe day before. Bereshit bara Elohim. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Christ is the beginning of his expression. He is called Reshit, the beginning. Which is why in the book of Colossians chapter 1, we read that his name is called the beginning. We also read in Revelation chapter 3 verse 14, his name is called the beginning of the creation of God. He is the expression, all of the totality of the expression, the totality of the word is he. And there is only one, only begotten son. And all the rest of the sons are basically, they have their identity in him. In him. Which is why Bereshit bara Elohim. In Reshit, in the beginning, that is in Christ, God has created the heaven and the earth. This is the mystery, brethren. No, this is, this is not unbiblical. This is the biblical truth. Unfortunately, you know, the, uh, after the so-called enlightenment, People have gone too materialistic, including Bible students, have missed a lot of these wonderful truths. It is there written in the book of Colossians chapter 1 that in him, in Christ, were all things created, whether they be things in heaven, things on earth, visible, invisible, all things are created by him and for him. But before it says in him. And then the next verse, verse 17, in Christ do all things consist. That settles the matter. And so... All plurality of the sonship and the individuality of all that we have is only included within the singularity of the oneness of Christ. Christ is the only begotten son and only in him we have sonship and only in him we have eternal life. And remember, only in him have we all been chosen before the foundation of the World, before the foundation of the world. That is the meaning of the only begotten of the Father. So the fullness of all that glory, the fullness of all of his expression, concentrated and viewed upon that singular man, Christ Jesus, Yeshua, who walked on this earth, they could see that glory because only in him was the fullness fully manifest. Right. But that but, but he is visible as a finite uh, human being there down on this earth. But then he is essentially the whole word, the whole of the word, the fullness of Godhead, bodily present. And all these people who appear separate and sitting next to him are actually in him. Which is why the Lord Jesus Christ, when he appeared to Saul of Tarsus, Paul the Apostle. He said to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Why are you persecuting me? That was the crux of the doctrine that Paul has revealed. The moment he realized, he saw the glorious being in a dazzling appearance, an effulgence appearing to Paul. And his eyes got blinded. He fell down, 
prostrate. He called, Who art thou, Lord? I am Jesus, I am Yeshua, whom thou persecutest. Well, when did he persecute him? He did not persecute him, he would think. Well, then he persecuted somebody else. He was there at the stoning of Stephen. He persecuted the church of God. Then why is he saying you persecuted me? Because they are a part of him. That is the truth. That is the truth. So, really speaking, it is not that when you believe you get into him, but actually when you believe you realize you are in him and therefore before the belief all the unbelief is all about the psychological situation and a belief that you are outside of him or you do not acknowledge him therefore you think you are independent and you do your own thing but as far as truth is concerned as far as truth is concerned all things have been created in him all things have been created consist in him no this is not false doctrine this is not a new age this is the scripture if we disagree with this you disagree with the scripture okay colossians chapter 1 let us move forward john bear oh just just one last line full of grace and truth full of grace and truth I think we can comment on this uh, full of grace and truth in verse 16 just uh, we'll, we'll talk about grace uh, I, let, let me let me say something about the truth the concealed God as I said is, is the father the revealed God is the son is the word the word is the expression of the concealed we've been saying that again and again now imagine there is something that is expressed which is not true let us say then you have falsehood. A portion of it is falsehood. And so he cannot be, there cannot be any falsehood in him. All that he has revealed is fully truth. So the, the, the revelation that was allowed for us to view, to see, to... Not, not that we have received, we have understood all the revelation. There is a manifestation that is given to us in the word, yes. But we have only understood a bit of it. We, we need to grow in the grace of God and come to the full understanding of this mystery. Okay. But whatever has God has been gracious to reveal to us, within that revelation is, is all full of truth. And therefore, any idea, any notion, any psychological uh, thinking, any situation, any anything, any thought, any concept that is not rooted in the truth is falsehood. So there are only two things, truth and falsehood. This is the reason why the Lord Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. No man can come to the Father, to the concealed God without receiving without 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 or rather not through well you have to come through the expressed revelation the word of god that is the meaning of it and that there is only one word as in the totality of the oneness of the word um, as it is revealed in the person of yeshua even before he appeared the word of the lord came to abraham 
is the same person. He appeared in humanity, of course, in the history. And therefore, that's the meaning of truth. Full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. We'll come to the word grace a bit uh, later. Let's read verse 15. John bear witness of him. John, the apostle, bear witness of him, cried, saying that this was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. John understands that Yeshua, the Lord Jesus, was before him. He is preeminent. He, he, he has a precedence in the rank. Above all, he comes before in time, indeed before everyone else, which is why he said later on, he must increase and I must decrease. This is the crux of the goal of all Christianity, all Christian life. Christ in us must increase. Christ should live in us and we must decrease and I must be crucified. And Christ, risen Christ, should live in me. That is what Paul said. Paul said that I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. Christ liveth in me. This is the crux of Christianity. Okay, All the rest of your doctrines that you fight and bicker about are not going to matter if this is not there. This is the crux. If this is not there, the rest of all are waste. So, he that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And then he says, of his fullness have you all received. Of his fullness have you all received. You see the picture that I talked about, all sons being within the only begotten son, within the, within the Christ. Is a picture Paul paints in the book of uh, Ephesians, uh, also 1 Corinthians. Ephesians especially is talking about the body where he says we are all the members. Now we are all the members. Christ Jesus is the head. The man Christ Jesus is the head. The rest of us are all the body. But the head and the body put together is the one new man. The man is new in Revelation. But he is the primordial man as he appeared with the name Yudhevahehehovah. On above the firmament, when in the, in, the, in, the, in the vision of Ezekiel in chapter 1, if you read the last few verses, you will see he saw the likeness of the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And he saw the form of a man, Adam, the primordial Adam. It is in his image that the actual Adam was created and we are all created. Okay? So that is in his manifestation. When he manifested, he appeared as though he looked like a man. But that's, that's, the, that's the primordial. And so the one new man Paul talks about in the Ephesians includes all. The, the man Christ Jesus, the head, the remaining people are all the body. But the word himself, the man Christ Jesus, is the incarnation of the word. Is the totality of that man, the one new man, which Paul mentions. And... God's will is to bring in all that is created into that one new man. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 9 to 10. That is the ultimate divine will that he wants to accomplish. And one day in the dispensation of the fullness of times that he would gather together all things in heaven and on earth. All things in even in him in Christ Jesus.
because it is not that they are not there in him but in the minds of those who are outside of him they are outside and therefore one day eh, he will bring everyone into the realization and he will head up the entire creation in Christ Jesus and then the kingdom will come fully and that kingdom he will offer it to the father and then we read then God will be all in all 1 Corinthians 15 okay this is how it is of his fullness have we all of his fullness have we all received grace for grace grace is a wonderful word grace appears in in um, genesis 6 i think uh, noah found grace in the sight of the lord noah yes that's it noah found grace in the eyes of the lord genesis 6 8 if you read here it says <clears throat> when noah matzahen when noah matzahen now it's a very interesting thing the i'll just zoom this a little bit um uh, noah these two letters are noah noah is noah uh, these two letters are nun het found matzah he found Hen is grace. Het nun. This nun is a final nun, therefore it's a bit long, but it's the same letter. What I'm trying to say is nun het. This is het nun. The two letters reversed. So when you take the take the name Noah or Noah and reverse the letters, what happens is it turns into grace turns into grace. It's a wonderful thing. This is where the concept of grace is introduced. It's a code. Well, grace means loving kindness. We understand that. But how is the loving kindness given to people? By revealing the mystery of his will. By making us to understand his secret purpose and bringing us into that fellowship. That is how grace is given. In fact, grace is given to Noah by the revelation of the fact that there is a flood going to come and the revelation of the wisdom of how to build an ark, what are its proportions, how to get the animals inside. and Well, the Lord brought the animals and all the rest of it that, that Noah uh, was supposed to receive. This is, the, this is the form in which grace was received by Noah. And so the ark represents Christ and Noah and the rest of the creation. They, they get inside. They are found in Christ as it were. Because they received grace. Now Chen, Chen in Hebrew is, is an acronym for Chokmah Nestora, meaning hidden wisdom. Hidden wisdom. Oh, this is not a uh, New Age mumbo jumbo. No, no. This is scriptural. Unfortunately, um, materialism has ruined Christianity. And people, they're, they're all there in the scriptures. And people don't understand. And think that when some of us teach these things, they think, oh, this guy is teaching something funny. That is not funny. It's not some uh, strange doctrine. It is right there. We don't have to twist anything. It's right there in the scriptures, a hidden wisdom. We speak the wisdom of God, 1 Corinthians 2, 7, in a mystery, even the hidden 
hidden wisdom, hidden. Chokma Nestora is the hidden Khen. That's the wisdom that he gives. And of his fullness have we all received grace for grace. Chokma Nestora. There is another acronym for grace, which is called Kharpat Nabal. It is there found in the scriptures. Um, and that means that uh, it's, it's a foolishness. So for foolishness, he is giving us wisdom. Christ himself is the wisdom. And the wisdom and the understanding and the knowledge of the truth will bring us into Christ. As Noah received grace, so we receive grace and then we are brought into that ark. That's the grace we receive. For the law was given by Moses. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Law is the law is holy but law gives the knowledge of sin you see the tree of knowledge of good and evil until adam ate the tree of knowledge of good and evil they did not know what is good and evil they did not distinguish all that they had was life and they were enjoying in paradise in in the garden of eden but the moment they were exposed to the knowledge of good and evil, then started the problem. So although the knowledge of good and evil is holy, as in it is in the law, because in the law tells you, if you read the book of Leviticus, it gives you a list of good things that you must do and things that you should not do. All kinds of worst sins that one could possibly commit are listed in there. And if you read it as a child, for example, you read it and say, oh, could you do this as well? Because it, it opens up the knowledge to things which don't, you probably know which you didn't know before. But that doesn't mean it, it is wrong, it is holy. But what the law is doing is it is not giving you the power to overcome the temptation or to flee away from such sin, except uh, the fact that only that it also tells you that God would punish. But it does give you the knowledge of sin. By the law is the knowledge of sin. Paul said that in the book of Romans. And therefore, man cannot receive uh, salvation. Man cannot receive redemption. Man cannot receive life. Man cannot escape death, which is a result of sin, through the law only through grace. The law is like the flood. Right? It will come upon the people. Grace is like the, uh, the ark into which you go. But then you need the wisdom. You need grace. Hidden wisdom of Christ which is, which is open for us. But it is hidden from many. Because the God of this world has closed the eyes of many people, the unbelievers. And so when you get inside the ark, you're protected. You receive life. That's the picture. No man hath seen God at any time. No man hath seen God at any time. No one. Let's see, what does it say? Does it say anthropon? No. It doesn't, it doesn't say no No man is or deus. So this is um, 
this is not a man this is man in the sense that you can say no man but what it means is no one has seen god at any time the only begotten son the only begotten son who is which is in the bosom of the father he hath declared him or revealed him what does it mean by being in the bosom of the father you see when god created the universe where did he create it is there a place that he created where there is no god well space and time itself uh, if when he created let's say they couldn't be possibly outside of him everything that is created is within him that is what we read in him we live move and have our being we read in genesis chapter 1 verse 1 be reshit bara elohim eta shamaim ve eta aris in the beginning god created the heaven and the earth in the beginning he has created inside the beginning he has created the heaven and the earth okay so there is if you create the heaven and the earth outside of god then there is a place where there god is not there and therefore you could say god is finite because he is not there that's the universe this is god and that's the boundary i i i think that this is, there is a problem with modern christianity as as to this this one because the true biblical doctrine is different in the book of jeremiah we we read that he fills all things in fact if you read psalm 118 we read that wherever you go he is there he is there all over you know this vacuum so called vacuum is all filled by him completely in an atom there is a nucleus in the center and there's a huge amount of distance before you hit the electrons and the whole empty space is all empty space and he fills the empty space and in fact all the matter and particles are themselves built using the building blocks of the word of god and therefore there is no place where he is not and the world itself is contained within him and why am i saying all this to explain i'm saying this to explain the term in the bosom of the father the concealed god is everywhere but when he intended to create before creation he manifested so the realm of his manifestation is within him in the bosom let's say if in in a big big area you draw a circle it's like that he he has earmarked a place where he has manifested the word the beginning and within the beginning he has created the heaven and the earth and everything that is in him and therefore all things have been created in christ that is the meaning of which is in the bosom of the father meaning the word himself the manifestation exists within the realm of the conceal within the conceal it is not that conceal is here revealed is there and therefore um, you know he is outside uh, of god no 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 not like that i mean god he is the, the concealed god is everywhere but his revelation comes into um, prominence and com- comes into view within that realm that is how it is that's the meaning of within uh, which is in the bosom of the father he hath declared him only through the word of god can you receive revelation of god only through the word when we say word we are not talking about the bible okay <laughs> remember bible is the word of god true but there is an overlap 
um, the word word of God. Abraham received the word of God. It's not a reference to the Bible. Bible contains the word of God. It doesn't. Bible is called actually scripture. The word used in the Bible for Bible is called scripture, or um, yes, scripture or writings, holy writings, holy scripture. Holy scripture has the word of God. It also has other the words of other people which are lies and therefore you need to read it in the context. For example, if you read a few lines from uh, Satan or somebody else speaking stupid things, the Lord said to uh, Job, who are these fellows speaking nonsense? He's talking about his friends and you have all of the friends uh, statements in the book of Job. And he called it rubbish. But then scripture is inspired. Get the difference between the word of God and the scripture. Word of God and scripture, they overlap. Not all of the word of God is written. Not all of the scripture is the word of God. But scripture is inspired. Now, if you get mad at me because of that, well, you don't. Because that is the truth. Please go and look at it in the Bible. That is exactly how it is. And so don't confuse the word of God with the scripture. Both have an overlap. The scripture is the word of God. But scripture also contains other things. But scripture in totality is given by inspiration. Yes, we agree. And that is given for us uh, to be profitable, to distinguish the right from the wrong and give us wisdom. The word of God is through which, uh, it is through, through which God reveals himself to us. And so no man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he hath declared him only through him can we receive the knowledge uh, and the understanding of who truly God is. Trust these things uh, were useful and I will see you again in the next lesson.